Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. Let's stand and honor God's word. Seventh chapter of Romans, first verse. <clears throat> know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if her husband be dead, she is loose from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from the law so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren... Ye also are become dead to the law by the body of the by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. But now we are delivered from the law that being dead wherein we were held that we should serve in a newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you for those that are here. Uh, Lord, I thank you for your word, how precious that it is. I pray, Lord, that they would hear from you and not hear from me. I pray your Holy Spirit would open our hearts. God, I pray that as an entire body, Lord, we would understand salvation. Lord, understand it better this morning, I pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> so we've been studying through the sixth chapter. We have, we have come to understand that we have died, uh, that we have to die in order to go to heaven, that, that we uh, are no longer to sin, to no longer to live to sin, uh, that we have to reckon that, we have to understand that. We have learned that we are slaves to Jesus Christ. We've learned all those things. And, and Paul now, uh, if you guys understand, and particularly the book of Romans, Paul is a great arguer. All right? He's a great arguer. He is, he just builds his argument and builds it and builds it and builds it in one, one argument right upon another until, until he just convinces you to, the, to see it the way he is arguing it. And so the know ye not it goes right along with everything we've been learning for, for the first six chapters. And he speaks about brethren that know the law, and he speaks about being under the law. Now, we could look at the law as the law of Moses, but that word actually means that which has jurisdiction over you, that which controls you. That word dominion in the first verse there, that speaks of the one who is your Lord over you, the one who rules over you. So whether you want to make that the Mosaic law or whether you just want to make that the law that is over you, what Paul is saying is there is something that controls you. And that's what we want to understand this morning. There is something that controls you. Every person on the planet, whether they be Christian or whether they not be Christian, is controlled by something. 
Is that right? Everyone is controlled by something. You're either controlled by sin or you're controlled by the Lord. Either the devil is telling you what to do or you're living for Jesus Christ. But you don't get to be on your own. Everyone is bound by something that controls their life. And that is what I believe the case that Paul is making here is uh, there is a control over your life. And that's what he's been arguing for these six chapters is you were born into sin. Everyone is everyone is a sinner. Everyone has uh, come short. Uh, the, there's justification by Jesus Christ. And, and now we are slaves to Jesus Christ. We, are, we have a new uh, master, as we learned last week. So, so we have here a picture of throwing off the old and putting on the new. Now, Paul gives us uh, an illustration here, two verses, two and three. Let me just say this about this. This is an illustration to illustrate being free from the law. This is not an illustration to, to come up with all of your doctrine on being married, okay? And, I, and, I, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time with that. I just want to say, don't take these two verses out of context and build your entire understanding. There are other scriptures that speak about marriage. But Paul is saying when something is controlling you or you're bound by something, until you're loosed from it, you're still bound to it. Is that about as clear as it can be? If you're bound to sin, you're going to serve sin until something sets you free. What is that something? It is Jesus Christ. That, that is what sets you free. And until you're set free, you're going to serve sin. And there are sinners maybe that aren't as bad. Maybe they don't murder people. Maybe they're not rapists. Maybe they're not drug addicts. But everyone is a servant to sin. You're going to do what the devil tells you to do until you're set free. Until you're set free. But here's what I believe the Bible teaches. And here's what we want to get across this morning. We've been trying to get this across for a long time. If you call yourself a Christian, you don't have to sin. You don't have to sin. You're free. And, and, and you know, we sing those songs, he set me free and all this. And I'm not sure what you think that means, but I'll tell you what it means. It means I'm no longer bound to sin. I am free. I am free in Jesus Christ. The chains have fell off. I am, I am free from my old master. I am free from a servant to slave uh, to sin. I can now live for Jesus Christ because I no longer serve sin. Amen. And so that is exciting. And then, and then he goes on, verse 4, speaking about uh, um, that, that, that we should, at the end of the verse, it says that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Once we are freed from this old master, we should bring forth fruit. And I want you to look at this, and I've been trying to get this across, but verse number 5, you English people here. For when we were... What is that, people? Past tense. It's in the past. When we were in the flesh. So what is that telling us? So in English, what does past tense mean? Behind us. Right? We're not trying to get out of the flesh. We're, it's past tense. When we were in the flesh, in the past, when you were in the flesh. So what does that mean? And that can't mean that I'm no longer, in a, because I still got a body, but I'm a Christian. It can't mean that. It can't mean that I no longer have some sinful desires because my flesh still does. So what does this mean? I was living a slave to the flesh. The flesh was my master, but that's past tense. I'm no longer there. I am now free from my old master. 
It's past tense. I'm not trying to accomplish this. I'm not trying to achieve this. I am free from my old master who controlled me to make me sin. And it goes on to say that the motions of sin while he was my master, uh, which were by the law, did work in our members. So those things brought forth sin because I was controlled by it. My favorite part right here. But now. But now we, we should just stop right here and everybody just stand up and shout for a little bit. But now I was controlled by sin. I had no choice but to do sin. I brought forth a lot of fruits to to show that I was a sinner. But now, but now it's different. It changed. It's not what it used to be. And this is what we got to get people. Christianity is not some simple thing you walk into, walk out of, and do if you want to and don't do it if you don't want to. Christianity is a change in who you are, literally. You are different. You are made a different person. But now, we are delivered from the law. You can make that whatever you want it to be, but I believe it is saying There was a control over your life that's not there anymore. And then it says that being dead when we were held, that we should serve in a newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. And that's what we're going to preach on this morning is is that last part of verse number six. The The newness of the spirit and not the oldness of the letter. So what does that mean? I'm going to first look at what it does not mean. Because I think there's so much room for error here. There's so much room to interpret this wrong. I want to make it clear what I believe that it means. And again, you can decide what you think it means on your own. But, but I'm going to give you my very best understanding of what the Lord has helped me to see and, and what I believe by studying the scriptures is what it means. But this is not... So we can read this and we can say, aha, as Paul has been arguing all the way through here, aha, we live under grace. That means I am free. I am no longer restricted by rules. I'm no longer restricted by commands. I, I no longer have to worry about holiness. I am free to live any way I want to. Is that what this is saying? I mean, you could twist that around and make it say that. You could say, now I live. I don't live by the old letter that tells me how to live. Now I live by a newness that just, that's just freeing. And can I, just, can I just ask you guys a question? Isn't that a really popular message? I mean, we could fill this church up. I mean, we could, we could, if we could just tell people, come to church, find Jesus, love other people, and that's all you got to do. I mean, everybody wants that. That's a popular message. But Jesus says, die to yourself, get away from sin, live a holy life. Right? That's not such a popular message. And everybody, everybody will accept that message that just says, throw off all the rules and just live under grace. There's a problem with that, people. It's false doctrine. It's false doctrine. And here's the problem with it. How many of you know where false doctrine takes you? It takes you to hell. If we don't get salvation, right, if we don't understand it, if we come up with it, I can preach it and you guys can feel good, we can sing songs, we can be happy, we can love each other, we do all these things. But at the end of the day, if we all go to hell, was that a good church? 
And so we can't say that it is just uh, throwing off the rules, getting rid of the letter. The letter was the rules. We're going to throw those out and we're going to live under this newness that says, hey, we can live any way we want to. Now, I don't think anybody here believes that. But how many of you know that is a very popular message today? That's what's being preached to our people, right? And, and we want to make it clear. I don't, believe that, I don't believe that Christianity is just keeping a list of rules, but I do believe we're going to understand we're not to sin anymore. We're, we're to stop sinning. And if we, if we are continuing in that, we need to do a checkup and see, are we really saved? So, so this is not saying throw out, the old, throw out all the restrictions, live any way you want to, uh, put it all behind us, I'm free to high like this. I have people tell me this all the time. I'm just free to live the way I feel is right. Well, then go to hell. Because if you just live the way you feel, <laughs> you're not going to make it, right? Your heart is deceitful and wicked, and it will lie to you. If you're just, Pastor, I have prayed about, and this is how I feel. I read the scripture, and this is how I feel. Well, congratulations, you're still, you got to go what the Bible says. You don't get to go by what you feel. And people come up with all these doctrines and they say, well, this is what I feel, and this is what I believe, and, and all that. And I live in the newness of the Spirit, so I can feel what I want to feel. But you don't get to go to heaven unless you do it Jesus' way. Amen? And we want to we do it Jesus' way. <clears throat> so, the second thing, I, I believe that this one is a little closer, but I believe it still misses the whole point. Replacing Moses for Jesus. So we can look at this and we can say, well, it's obvious what this is saying. And, and there is, I believe, a surface level where this is what it's saying. But we say it's easy what this is saying. This is saying we're no longer under the old uh, law of Moses. We are under the new co uh, covenant of grace. And, and so that means that I don't have to do all the things that the law said, but I now live under grace. And there is truth to that. That, that is what this is conveying. But I believe that that is not uh, sufficient to cover all of what this means. Uh, so, so while we can uh, agree that we're not under the law and while we can agree that we're under grace, what does that mean? Because I think we can say that with our lips. And to some people, again, that just means I don't have any rules. I can live the way I want to. Is that what the New Testament really teaches? It's not. And we have all these crazy things that we come up with. So we're not talking about just removing Moses and installing Jesus. We're not talking about just that. We're talking about a whole transformation. So point number three is where the message is at. This is what I want to try to get you guys to understand. So it says again that we should serve in a newness of spirit and not an oldness of the letter. I'd like to try to define what is the new spirit. So, but first, let's look at uh, the oldness of the letter. Do we understand that whether it be, so, so get this, whether it be the Old Testament, whether it be the law of Moses, or whether it be a legalistic system that's in a Baptist church, we're no longer trying to achieve heaven by keeping rules. If you haven't got that yet... <laughs> I don't know what to keep going. We don't, we're not going to ever get to heaven because we did this, 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 this. No one's going to get to heaven that way. It's not going to be, a, I stand before the Lord and there's a scale there and I got more good than bad. It's, that is not how you go to heaven. And that is, such a, that is such a perversion of what the Bible says. It is not keeping a list of rules that gets you to heaven. 
It is, it, it, is, it is exactly the opposite of that. There are, there are uh, um, again, it doesn't do us any good to preach about Moses because Moses isn't here this morning. But there are a lot of churches today, and that is what they promote. You come to our church, you dress this way, you carry this kind of Bible, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this here. If you don't do that, you're not a Christian. But if you do do that, congratulations, you go to heaven. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible says. And by the way, can we just be real this morning? If you believe that, um, you, you need to read your Bible. But can we just be real? That's idolatry because you replace Jesus with what you do. Jesus is what will get you to heaven. If you have an idol that replaces Jesus, that's idolatry. So we can't say it's what we do. We can't say it's by our works. We can't say it's by the, the keeping a list of rules. Uh, we, we can't do that. That is, uh, um, that, now, now again, I know this is kind of the old way, um, but I've really tried to change this. Now, this is kind of how I was raised, and it's kind of the old way. And, and a lot of you know this is kind of the old way. But <clears throat> I believe that... You guys are such an illustration of what I'm about to say. You guys are such a, such a blessing. You guys just bless me beyond measure. I am just beyond thankful for you people. But the old way was, when you come to church, we're going to guilt you into doing what you have to do. I'm going to I'm going to beat you up so much until you do what you're supposed to do. So then you're doing it because the preacher manipulated you with guilt. Does that sound at all like the New Testament? You know what a better way is? This is what Jesus said. If you're free, you probably want to do this. And you know what happens? Everybody who's free wants to do that. Right? And so I don't need to threaten you guys. If you don't do this, you're going to go to hell. I don't need to say, well, if you don't dress this way, you're, going to, you're a bad person. You know what I need to say? This is what Jesus wants. If you really love him, why don't you come be a part of it? And we're proving out because that's what's happening here is people are coming not because they're being guilted into doing something they don't want to, but because they're finding out this is what Jesus wants and they want to do it. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. Between uh, keeping a list of rules and, and doing something because you have a new nature. <clears throat> and, I, and I've preached this a thousand times, just throw it in there real quick. We're still under the oldness of the letter. If you haven't got this yet, it's not all about you. Okay. <laughs> it's not all about you. This thing isn't about you. Listen to me. This is not about you. This is about Jesus. Okay? This book was not written for, to, for about you. This is written about Jesus. And it's not all about how great you are. It's all about how great he is. And this church isn't about how great you are or how great the preacher is or how great the singers are or, or anything else or what are not. It isn't about anything. You know what this church is about? It's about how great Jesus is. We hold Jesus up. Everything else will be all right. If we get ourselves in the way, we, we become a stumbling block for people to get to Jesus. So that's the oldness of the letter. What is the newness of the Spirit? Now, here's where you got to put your seatbelts on, because I'm going to kind of give you what I believe it means. and uh, I want you to recognize at least the translators of the King James Version that we should serve in a newness of Spirit. What do we notice about Spirit? Small s. What does that mean? At least the translators of the King James Version did not think that was the Holy Spirit. I don't either. I don't think that's the Holy Spirit. I think that is saying your spirit is different 
than your spirit used to be. You've been changed. You're, you're, you're a different person. You're, you're created different. Your spirit is not the old flesh. Your spirit is the new spirit that is connected to Jesus. And you're going to live in that new spirit. And it sets you free from everything that used to be. Amen. And, and I believe that is Christianity. I believe that is salvation. I believe that if we get that down, it would change so many things. So we have learned that we have died. When I died, my old spirit died. That's the past tense of my flesh. I now live. I've, we've learned we live in, in Jesus Christ. We are alive, if you will. We've been resurrected to live uh, in a newness of life with Jesus Christ. We've been changed. We're a new creature. Uh, uh, we've learned that it's not about us. So, so I want to give you about five things here. Try to make it just as clear and as blunt as I can. We're trying to learn about salvation. We've been studying it now for uh, going in now the seventh chapter. But can I just make this real clear statement, what the, what the Bible really teaches? And I use the word Christians here. I don't use it loosely. I use it strictly. Those who are born again, those who truly have been saved, those who are on their way to heaven. Christians live holy because their spirit, small s, has been changed. If we come up with any Christianity that allows for a, 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 a sinful lifestyle as Christians, we don't have a Bible Christianity. Christianity, listen, Christians, Christians do things they shouldn't do, but as a lifestyle, we will live a holy life because our spirit has been changed. That is the newness of the spirit. And, and if we would get that, it's so powerful. I don't know if you guys are getting I don't know if it's. I don't know if you guys understand that. It is so powerful that when you are changed, you will now live holy. Not because you're keeping a list of rules, because you're different on the inside. Because you can't live the old way. Because your desires have changed. Your want-tos have changed. Your heart has changed. You want to do what's good. That's Christianity. By the way, who puts that new spirit inside of you? Jesus. That's not something you can work towards, try to make happen, try to fix, try to accomplish. Jesus comes inside of you and puts a new spirit in you. You know, people say, well, I can't live the Christian life. Well, you, I absolutely agree with you, Hunter. I can't live a Christian life either. I've never been anybody yet that could live the Christian life, <laughs> right? But you can let Jesus live it through you. And that's the whole teaching of the New Testament is that Jesus lives through us to, to allow us to live. So Christians will live a holy life because the Spirit has been changed. <clears throat> Number two, and this is what I've been trying to get across, and, and uh, you can do what you want to with it. I just believe this with all my heart. I believe it more confidently than I did the day I started pastoring, and I believe it the day I started pastoring. I, I, I am confident of this. Christians exposed to Bible teaching will change their lives due to the new spirit. If you are genuinely saved and you sit under Bible preaching, it will change your life. If it doesn't change your life, you probably better check up and see if you've been saved. Do I need to say that again? A newness of life. It's kind of like now you have an antenna that can receive the message and the message comes in and you do it because you're not under the old way. You're under the newness of the spirit that receives the message from God. And if you can come and sit and, and receive the word of God and not change your life, 
listen, I'd be doing some examination whether you really got it or not. Because I believe, so if you're a Christian, you want to do what the Word of God says, if you hear the Word of God and understand the Word of God, now, I want to make this clear because sometimes we jump to conclusions a little too fast. Well, Brother Charles has heard that message three times and he hasn't changed it. Obviously, he's not a Christian. Right? Isn't that how we sometimes think? Well, let me let you on a little inkling. This is frustrating as a preacher. This is frustrating as a teacher. But here's, here's the truth of the Sandhill Church. This the truth of every church. If you've been going here very long, you know that I have preached some of the same messages, and I don't mean the exact same messages, but on the same point, the same principle trying to get across to you, i preached some of those 10 and 20 times. Here's the truth. Some of you got it the first time out, didn't need to hear it again. Some of you got it the fifth time out. Some of you got it the 10th time out. Some of you won't get it till the 20th time out. That's not always rebellion. Sometimes there's just uh, old teachings things that you got to overcome. There's different reasons for it, but everybody doesn't catch it the same time around. That's why the messages have to be repeated over and over and over and over again. It is a hallelujah time when I have preached to you the same thing 15 times and you finally come and say, Pastor, I got it. I mean, that's a great day, right? Yeah, I'm glad, you know, everybody else was really tired of hearing about that. But you haven't heard it. You haven't ever figured that out yet. And, and there are still people to this day that, that the message has been preached over and over and over again. And they still, still continue doing it. But one day when it clicks, they say, oh, I guess I can't do that anymore. And then there are others, the first time they hear it, it's like, click, I can't do that anymore. So let's be a little bit, let's be a little bit caring about saying, well, they've heard it three times. Obviously, they're not saved, right? They might just not be quite getting it like you are. And by the way, while a little side note, you ought to probably thank God that you got it so fast. Because you could be one of those getting it the 15th time. And if God has blessed you with an understanding to catch it the first time around, you ought to, that ain't because that ain't you're smart. That's because God's good. Amen? But God, God will speak to you through the Word of God. If the Word of God does not stimulate you, if the Word of God does not cause you to want to change, if the Word of God does not make you want to live right, you need to get saved. And that's what your preacher believes. That's what I believe, because the Word of God will change. I think we are a living testimony here at this church that the, that the Word of God will make us live differently. <clears throat> Number three, Christians can no longer live sinful. Um, the, the old spirit has died. We can no longer live a, a sinful lifestyle. Now, uh, let me just go ahead and give you number four. It kind of goes hand in hand. Christians can rebel... And we can stumble, but we cannot enjoy the old life. This, is, this really needs to be clear. Listen, I've asked you guys a thousand times. Anybody here sinned since you've been saved? Everybody's hand goes up, right? We all know we've sinned since. Anybody sinned this week? We all probably need to raise our hand, right? Any of you sinned this morning? Probably need to raise our hand, right? We've all sinned, right? Christians can stumble. Christians can make mistakes. Christians can even rebel sometimes. Anybody here ever come to church with a bad attitude? Please don't raise your hand. Anybody ever come to church with a bad attitude? Everybody you ticked off your wife, you're going to take it out on, your, on the pastor. You, you didn't like something your husband did, you're just going to be irritable to everybody. We've all been there. Anybody ever heard a message that said, I'm just not in the mood to do that right now? Right? So Christians are possible, capable of doing that. Anybody ever went home and felt like a dirty, rotten dog because you did that? And the Lord just whooped you all week long. He used to come back and said, Lord, I don't want to do that again. See, Christians are capable of rebelling. Christians are capable of stumbling. But I don't believe Christians are capable of living a willful lifestyle of sin. There's a difference. 
Do we understand that? There's a difference. There's a difference between, I, you know, I, I got mad and said something I shouldn't have said, or I got in a situation I, I did something I shouldn't have. Uh, I, I got up in the morning and I had a bad attitude, and I, I, you know, I, I didn't act like a Christian. There's a difference in that, and I know this is wrong, and I'm going to continue to living it for the next 15 years. That's not the mark of a Christian, people. And when you come to the understanding that that's sin and you don't change, you better do some checkup. Because things ought to change when you understand what's right and wrong. So this is the picture we get of salvation. Uh, Christians don't live sinful. They, they will move up a Christian uh, t with biblical teaching. They don't live a lifestyle of sin. They can stumble, but they don't live in that lifestyle. So I preached just a few weeks back, and I'm going to give it to you now, and you can do what you want to with it. I know some of you staggered just a little bit with it, but I'm going to give it to you now. Brother George can straighten you out afterwards if you don't, if you don't like it. All right. <laughs> I'm thankful Brother George's family's here. He go, after he leaves, he goes, oh, it's wrong that brother. He's, he believes. What in the world? But anyways, here, so here's, here's my proposal. Here's what I, if everything we've been learning for all of these months now, if this is true about Christianity, and you say, and here's kind of been my problem. since for, I study the Bible, and I see what the Bible says, and then I look around the church, and I say it's not the same thing. I study my Bible, and this is salvation. And then I look at Christians. I'm thinking, these two things don't match up, right? And that confuses a lot. So that, that's, that's caused a tremendous amount of... So, so we believe that Christians live holy. We believe that Christians don't live a lifestyle of sin. We believe that Christians underneath Bible preaching will change. And we believe all these things. But then we look around at the church world, and we see all the people calling themselves Christian living a very sinful life. Now, I am not God, and I certainly do not sit in a position of judging someone whether they're saved or they're not. But I happen to believe, just, this is just my, my, my belief, I have a right to an opinion. I happen to believe a whole lot of those people are saved and on their way to heaven. You say, preacher, you just totally confused me. You just said that we don't sin and we don't, and all these things you just told us, and then you turn around and say there's a lot of Christians that are doing things they shouldn't do, and you believe they're saved. You confuse me. Well, let me explain. Here's my, here's my opinion, people. Do you know why people don't live right? Because they're not taught right. I believe it's just that simple. When the man behind the pulpit's not giving you the preached word of God, when you're not understanding what is right and what is wrong, you can love Jesus with all your heart and go on sinning and be very, very happy about it. Have we not proved that? Have we not seen that a thousand times? There isn't anybody here that hasn't been to those churches, uh, and praise God we don't have that at Sand Hill, but there's not anybody here that hasn't been around those churches, because most of you have been in church for a long time, where you've got two people who say they love Jesus with all their heart, and they hate each other's guts and haven't spoke for 30 years. Do you know what they need? They need a pastor to say, if you're a Christian, you don't do that. And if they are a Christian, when they understand it, they'll quit doing that. But there are a lot of people doing a lot of bad things just simply because... They've not been taught the Bible. So this is where my argument comes in, that if we have a church where we're consistently preaching and teaching the Word of God clearly in what the Bible says, not, not Gary's opinion, not some denomination, not some what Grandma said, but thus saith the Word of God, it will change people's lives and we will have holy living in the church. And we are a living illustration of that right here. Is anybody with me? Am I alone? It, it, is, it, is, it is the fact, and, and we have proven this. When I started out, Brother Charles, when I started out a long time ago, everybody said, you've lost your mind, and that is crazy, and I never heard of such a crazy doctrine as that. But praise God, all these years later, it's working. The Word of God changes people's lives. 
listen, guys, I don't have anything else to give you. I'm not fancy. I'm not flashy. I'm not, I'm not all the things that ever, all the other preachers are. All I got to give you is this is what the Word of God says. But I happen to have strong confidence that's enough. That's enough. That's enough to get us to heaven. That's enough to make us live holy lives. And that's enough to make us enjoy our journey. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.